Previously on Anything Goes. You were almost, if I had put this happy face there, you would have sent me a picture of your cock. I would have seen a picture of my dick. Why not? I'm like, oh, we're playing this game now. <laughs> All right, let's see. You know what? I just want to be like. Dave says cock. You, Jay says dick. That's really wow. cute. What's I the say, difference? Uh, but cock sounds bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something you should be afraid of. I think, I think cock implies heft. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, you need then why a, did Dave use that? I don't know. I've never seen Dave's dick, but by those me dance neither. moves yeah. I saw in that video, it's, he is confident. Oh, yeah. That is the confidence of a man with a cock. A heavy dangle cock. The way you dance in Vegas, a, a, you might have a cock. Or a pocket full of fuck pills. Who knows? <laughs> what, what was the. A dick retracts like a switchblade. <laughs> no, it's only. Has no can, hang until it, you're excited. It's only uh, available uh, to be seen right before it's ready for entry. It's just, it's not, you cannot. Is that, is that your rule? That, yeah, that's, too, my, that's my sort of totally. rule. Yeah. I judge any dude when I ask a question about him, a big dick. It's not whether it's big or not. When it's hard, I'll always want to know. I go, are you confident enough to pull your dick out completely <laughs> soft and be like, hey, here it is. And man, I am not. No. It's like, I'll check again with me in 50 pounds. And now, let's get to a new exciting show. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Yeah. Yeah. At least your life isn't as sad as ours. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And Kathleen McGee. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you? Uh, so one of the things I wanted to talk about, I don't know if you saw, I sent you this this thing. Um, my hometown, Brantford, Ontario. We all know how much I love Brantford. I know. You know yeah, you, you never stop talking about it. Yeah. I saw this. So there is a business in Brantford, and they, um, they're a video company. And it's kind of blowing up online right now uh, because they sent an email to a customer. So a customer emailed them. They do wedding videography. And they're a gay couple who wanted to have their their, uh, their day, you know, memorialized so they can have a video. And so the, the company sent a letter that said, thank you for contacting us here at Caramount Pictures. Congratulations on your engagement. You must be getting so excited. I say this with much care because I know that your union is incredibly important to you, but we do not film homosexual weddings. Wishing you both good health and peace during these stressful COVID times. First of all, Caramount Pictures is the dumbest name I've ever heard for a name for anything. I don't care if the lady's name is Kara. It is stupid. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Second of all, they are, they're with, fully within their rights to not do it, but they have to be okay with the consequence of not doing it. And that consequence is people are going to come and say that they're bigots, which they are. Yep. By definition, that is a bigoted opinion. Sure. Yes. But yes. Well, I, I also just don't understand why did they even bother mentioning that they don't do homosexual weddings? I mean, that's that's sort of like me telling every, anytime that I ever didn't want to hang out with them, hang out with someone, like exactly why. It's sort of like, 
It's like, why don't they just say, oh, we're, we're unavailable, exactly. we can't do it. It's just, why put a political agenda or even express your religious views? Because they're clearly self-righteous and they think right. that their, more, their opinion is so important that they should say this to this person so they know just how much they disagree with what they're doing. Because that's like what religious people, some religious people do. They like to like look self-righteous and better. And if you go and look at their Facebook profiles, which I did because I'm a snoop, Right. It's just this, this like little picture frame white couple that's just like looks boring as heck and looks like she does um, a lot of um, rustic crafts <laughs> for her home. A like lot she of looks, art. Yeah, she looks like they got married out of high school and this is a little hobby that she picked up because she wanted something to do after she had her kids Tegan and and Miles. <laughs> yeah, they just look like basic boring people. And they're fully within their rights to be entitled to not want to do it. And they're fully within their rights to tell them that. But they also have to be able to accept the fact that there are going to be people that will be upset. And they Yes. Yeah, and it's, it's just bad for business, though. You'd think that you would put your business before your religious views sometimes. Because it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I, just, I don't understand sometimes that why people have to add on that extra piece of shit that, that, that is going to make them look bad. It didn't work. So the, the other problem, or not the problem, the one thing I'm glad that they said it is because now I know. Now people know. You know, I, I don't say I respect that they said it, but at least they said what they feel. And now, like you said, live by the sword, die by the sword. Uh, you know, I'm not getting a wedding video done. Uh, I don't know anyone at Brantford that's going to get married and stay there. But at right. the same time, uh, you know, now I know. I'd rather know my neighbors are racist and not know. That's how I live my life. But you know what? I agree with Dave. Why didn't you just say I'm not available? Why? First of all, why work in the pub with the public? So I broke, kind of broke this down because I'm always such a math guy. You have to assume that 80% of the public is for gay rights or at least want people to think they're for gay rights. And in that 80%, there's got to be at least 40% that is really hardcore. Like, I'm not going to put up with bigotry and homophobia. And in that 40%, there's going to be 20% that's going to fucking do something about it. So, you know, to be a public company and to try to sell your services to that company and saying this shit in 2020 is just ludicrous. But it's like you said, they're so moralistic and think they're such on a higher ground than everyone else that they can act like this. And it's... But also, this is their, like, they're going to now get the business of bigots. So they could still get work. Just right. not everybody agrees with what we agree with. And that's what, like, social media has done to us because we're only in our little bubble of people who agree with us. So thinking that there's other people with the other opinion doesn't come up as much. They'll right. probably still get work from people that are terrible. What we should do is we should videotape them videotaping people and finding out who everyone is. Well, I also think too that the 80% that, that you're talking about, I think there might be 40 people that are okay with it, and then there's tw the 20% that are really hardcore about it. Yeah. And then there's probably the 40% that couldn't give a shit either way. Right. And then there's the 20% that don't. But it's sort of like, it's, I mean, maybe these people think that they're gonna get more business, but I, but again, it's sort of like, this is a personal email that these people got, and then they chose to put it out onto social media, correct? Yes. Or yes. this wasn't a public statement from the company. No. So it's sort of like they must have. I mean, but maybe these people didn't even think that, that this letter 
which they thought was out of kindness would be shared. Well, but you almost have to think that. Don't they care, but they they don't want to film gay marriages, so they don't care if the gay community doesn't like them. That's not the people that they want to hire them. Like that's I'm just thinking about probably what they're probably thinking. Right. And we and we personally, as people who aren't against homosexual marriage, find it disgusting, and we're totally entitled to that opinion as well. Who doesn't want to videotape a gay marriage? It's like it's a big party. It's a big party. Way more. They're also acting as if they're going to be like shooting, like the, them, them consummating their marriage. And it's not a gay it's porno. It's literally, everyone's going to be fully clothed, unless it's going to be on, on a Pride Day float. I mean, it's not that. It's, I mean, as much as I think that all weddings are kind of gay, but. Um, I still find it. Anyways, I, I just think it's ridiculous that people interject their opinions and it's not going to get them any more business. No one's going to be like, well, I want to get married and videotape it now. So. I just think it's hilarious and hypocritical that people that uh, still follow the Catholic Church, uh, um, uh, like a corporation, which is it, which is what it is, that is known for raping little boys, and they're suddenly saying, oh, I don't like homosexuals. Well, you still believe in that whole system. Right. It's terrible. Like, you still believe yeah. in a whole system that, have you not seen the paper or whatever that movie is? That movie. After I saw that movie, I'm never going to church again. No. Well, no. I mean... I have like six minutes on my new album about how I feel a bit of a hypocrite because my kids went to Catholic school, but you know, like uh, they are no longer in Catholic school. I mean, I'm happy about that, but there's there's some fight you want to have with your wife and there's some you don't. So I'll just <laughs> yeah. leave it at that. Just leave know, there's, it that. A, there's always a part of me that I kind of wish that I did go or, or that I was dragged out to church just because I know that at a certain point that I would have figured out it's all bullshit anyways. But I do wish I had that frame of reference so I could at least talk about it. Because it's sort of like when people go on rants about religion, I really don't know. I mean, I, I still believe that God is like Santa Claus for adults. And there's not, right. it's just it's just not for me. But I wish I kind of knew about it so I could sort of poke holes in it. But I mean, my parents were just lazy and they wanted to sleep in on Sundays. So I went to a Catholic high school and I took religion classes. And my some of my religion teachers hated me because I had lots of questions. And I question things that they hate when you question. Right. You just believe what you hear and shut up about it. That's what I that's what I took for my three years of taking religion in high school. So my my dad was an atheist, but he wasn't that much of an atheist that he wouldn't take the free daycare on a Sunday morning for church. <laughs> He'd be like, Look, you're gonna go hear about Jesus and play square ball, be happy about it, and I'm gonna go lie down. And I'm like, All right, fine, that's how it is. I had to go to church once with my friend because I slept over at her house on a Saturday. And I think that I had to go to church with them the next morning. And we were supposed to go to Sunday school, but we just went into the girls' bathroom and threw wet toilet paper on the roof. Oh, those were the best. <laughs> when you would put it off feeling like that. Because well, I'm like, I don't know what Jesus is. I don't, I don't know what Sunday Jesus school would approve. Jesus would yeah. approve of that. Jesus yes. would rather do that than be in like Sunday school for sure. Yeah. Instead of hanging out with the people who don't want to videotape gay weddings, Jesus would be in the bathroom wetting that toilet paper with you for sure. Exactly. Oh, we just live in a time where it, people's true colors really come out. So I don't no, know if you guys go also, ahead. I also don't think that people realize that like, I mean, it's it's always funny to go back and forth with someone online and and and, and, and some people think that, oh, I'm literally just speaking to this one person. But then there's the rest of the world that is could be watching it and not commenting. 
but just judging both of you in the argument and and, and it's just you know they're just sitting up in the bleachers watching it so it's like there's a, i'm always surprised at the amount of people that will see a post and not like it or or comment on it but right. they'll just still follow it and you know they'll post some stupid meme of a michael jackson eating popcorn but it, it's like i it's yeah. I, I don't like to get involved in it. I like to read them. I love reading all the forums, but I don't like commenting or getting involved. I don't even really like liking comments because I don't want to look like I'm taking sides on stuff. Yeah. I almost kind of get a bit of a kick out of because I don't, I mean, like I follow a lot of right wing people online just because I like to see what the other side is. And, sure. uh, and also, I mean, How I got. Meet them? Pardon me? How did you meet them? Oh, oh, I don't, they're not, I'm not personal, personal, but it's sort of like, like I, I tried, I, I followed Caitlin Bennett for a while. She's the gun girl from, uh, and then, uh. Oh, like and, famous right-wing people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not really yeah. right-wing people, but, um, or people that I can actually speak and talk to, but, uh, or like Ben Shapiro or Michael Knowles. And it's just, it's so, but I, I almost, I do sort of enjoy trolling those feeds and it's like funny whenever like uh, Caitlin Bennett would go off on a rant about like Black Lives Matter or why are these people burning their own community, blah, blah, blah. I would always write like, uh, I would always like, uh, would enjoy writing up. Uh, she wishes that she could say the N word so badly. <laughs> and then everyone would respond to like, how could you say that about her? Blah, 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 blah. Or it's even best when you write something so outrageous and then you get this long list of comments. And then after about a couple of hours, I just delete the comment that I made. So then all this effort that people put into uh, trying to attack me is just completely vanished. And I, I just get a worry that oh. people are going to look on your like follow list and be like, why is Dave following so many right supremacists? Oh, no, but I, I believe that. I believe in getting both opinions from both sides, even if, like a religion. It's sort of like, even if I can poke holes and make fun of those people, uh, it's, it's, it, I, I still get a kick out of that. So. Uh, I'm not. I'm not worried about. And, I, and anyone who knows me can call me or, or talk to me or send me a message, and we'll work things out. But you have a lot of time on your hands. Enough <laughs> <laughs> time to buy things like this online. What is that? This is a uh, an Elvis jumpsuit. Yes. Yeah, it's my Elvis hoodie that I uh, that arrived yesterday. I couldn't even wait until. Uh, uh, but <laughs> the, like the company, the company wasn't <laughs> failing. Um, It'd be great if there was a big porno, if there was a big porn picture and it was just reflecting off my glasses. <laughs> that would be great. Listen up out there, this is Sean Cullen and you're listening to Darren Frost and Dave Martin's Anything Goes on Canada Laughs on Sirius XM. That sounded great. Thank you. doing john i'm good guys how are you all it's nice to see the shows back together hi kevin yeah. been one oh, i haven't years. seen you forever yeah um are you oh no it froze i thought that yeah. was uh, just a photo but no it's how are where, where is everyone i'm so, in edmonton. edmonton dave's in toronto and i now live in barry ontario oh you needed a new hour so you had to go somewhere else yes yeah. exactly <laughs> a new three hours right. three hours yeah. How is Barry, Ontario? Uh, you know, it's where life goes to die, and I'm dying slowly, like I wasn't dying that slow in Toronto. 
I mean, oh, yeah. Just, well, it's not like Darren got out that much in Toronto, anyways. Right. So it's, it's just now, 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 Darren's just finding more nails to drive into his own coffin. So, um, I thought you were going to say cock. I thought you were going to say my own cock. I'm like, okay, cock, man. coffin. It's all the same, you know. Yeah, yeah. sure. Both, sure. both things that you don't use very much anymore. So, are men worried about being cremated because they will really truly lose their penises? Well, I, I think you lose everything. When I you am cremated. now. Yeah, I you're all. <laughs> I never thought of that, but yeah. you're welcome. Oh, one more thing to fucking be terrified of as I close my eyes at the end of the day. Thanks, Kathleen. Yeah. Your penis is either going to get eaten by worms or it's going to be burnt into a crisp. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah, organ transplants usually happen after you die, not during it. So no one's going to knock on my door and go, "Hey, can we have your cock now?" No, I know. I, I still have pills for it. So. No one's going to want to transplant your cock onto them. No, no. And after you roasted me at the Cottage Comedy Festival, that's never really going to happen either. So, what happened at the Cottage Comedy Festival? Did someone just touch your penis? Uh, no, no. C Kathleen said that I had a small cock on stage. All right. Let's hear the joke. What was the joke, Kathleen? I know. There was no joke. No joke, just facts. There was no joke at all. It literally was, I said something about Kathleen in, in, in a joke form, I believe, at the time. But it was me. I don't even remember what it was, but. All I remember is you and us making eye contact. I was sitting on the dais and you made eye contact with me and you said, Dave Martin has a small cock. And, <laughs> oh, that's good. That's it. Very that's good. it. I guess I'm that the is roast the queen. I'm the roast queen then. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, I'd like to end the show on a high. Thanks for coming, John. I appreciate it. You know, I've been waiting 10 episodes to say that about you, Kathleen. <laughs> that, that I told people you have a small penis? Why have you been waiting for that? Yeah. <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> are like, why would we want to bring that up again? I don't know. Well, a, because a, because I'm not bothered by it, and B, uh... no, neither are the ladies. <laughs> oh, oh, trying to get that in. That's exactly where I was going. Ah. Sorry, sorry. Fine, fine. I had to say it, and I'm glad yeah. that it got said. All that is important is that everyone, because I guess we're recording. No, yeah. as a small cock. 100% we're recording. Well, okay. Well, it, it, first of all, I can do many other things. And second of all... <laughs> like what? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you want a list of references? Yes. Yes. Yes, send me all their Facebook profiles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, this is about John, not Dave and his small penis. And there we go. Let's move off that. So it's been a pretty hectic week for you, John, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's been weird. It was one of those things where, you know, if you, what is it, two, is it today? Yeah. Yeah. You know, a week ago and a few hours ago, I was utterly terrified by the fact that I was going to have to tell the world that I was on America's Got Talent. And then right. it, it came out and it, I came out smelling like roses, thank God. Because I don't know about you. You did a great guys. job. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you did a great job. We're, uh, we're all comedians and, uh, uh, you're human. I just love your cum is Dave Martin penis size, so I can be I can speak honestly without fear yes. of retribution. Yes. Um, it was one of those things where, you know, comedians have this weird, there's certain things you should do, certain things you shouldn't do. So I really wrestled with going on the show in the first place for no other reason where it's like, you know, I envisioned this because I'm like the Ramones. You're, like, like, you're not like the Ramones. You talk about right. your butt. Just fucking right. go on television and stop right. killing people. Uh, but it was, it was one of those things where it was very nice. It was, I needed some love during the time of Corona when we're all 
without a fucking job or a future. Mm-hmm. And so it just, uh, it, uh, it made me feel very nice. And just a lot of people came out of the woodwork to share the video, uh, which is available on all of my social media, my PR team, mm-hmm. or my PR couple that are dating. Uh, <laughs> my PR is Danny Menlo. Why am I not saying his name? My PR yeah. is Danny Menlo and, and his girlfriend, um, Kim. Oh, God, I'm going to butcher her last name. It's Sakamoto. Sakamoto, thank you. Yeah. Kim Sakamoto, for your PR needs in a pinch when you don't think of our, a video is going to be that great because it was recorded in front of no one but Howie Mandel, Sylvia Vergara, and Simon Cowell, and suddenly realized you might need to do some interviews so you can maybe have a career after Corona. Yeah. Contact Tim, uh, Kim Sakamoto and Danny Menlo because they will take over your social media and pump that shit out. What was, what was that, the building from Die Hard? Oh my God, that was the Nakatomi Plaza. Every- <laughs> oh, okay. It's right to the racism. Good one, Dave. Yeah. Uh, when did just, you eat it? I'm just uninformed. Literally the day LA went into shelter in place. Like I was at the Pasadena, I think lived in LA, and, I, and, there, and I think Dave, you've been there. So I'm in Pasadena, I live in Koreatown, and the governor is literally stood at a podium, literally saying, go home. Everything is shutting down, go home. And I'm stood there being like, do I leave? What is going on? And they left an addendum, which is if you're at work, you right. can your shift right, and then you can leave. So I just sat there and they left the comedians to last because we don't have a, any props, it's just us. Right. So after 10 hours, like literally, like my tweets are like, like virus has hit LA, everyone's going to die. And I'm just hearing drills, like, t- as they're taking apart the set. And then I was second to last, did it, have no memory of it because I was so freaked out by the fact that coronavirus was coming. And, and no I- audience? No audience. Oh. Whoa. Oh, my God. Yeah, no always- audience. It was the crew, thank God, by that point was sat in the seats. So I just right. played the crew. Uh, you know, God bless Canadian comedy. I have performed for a lot yeah. less. Yeah, no, I get it, for sure. Yes. Yeah. The, the one thing I did want to ask you, and I know Dave's got something he wants, but I just want to ask you, you walk, you, you walk off, you've done your time, and we all know through the power of editing, you don't know if it's going to be good or bad the way you ed- they edit you. So yes. when you walked out of there in the moment, did you think you did well or not? Uh, I always look at these things in boxing terms. It was right. definitely a hometown... It was going to the cards. The judges... And not the judges, as in America Got Talent, but the editors right. split it either way. There was no way that I could make a definitive situation where there was nothing they could do. Like, they couldn't they could not make me look like a million bucks. There's no right. way they can make me look any way they want. I was nervous as hell walking out there. Sure. They really did me a solid how they presented me, and I'm eternally grateful for that. There was It was... I was treated so fairly. I really appreciate it. I had no, I don't remember walking on stage. There's an interview with me and Terry Crews that I know wasn't used because it was Terry talking to a guy, not blinking, being like, what the fuck happened? Right, of course. Yeah. And then, and then I had to take the LA subway system home. Like it was just, (laughs) in the most. Yes. Have you done a set since? Pardon me? Have you done a set since? I cannot say. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. No, but yeah. have you done have you done any live shows, not with America's Got Talent, but just any kind of live comedy shows? Yeah. 
No. No. Okay. Now, how, uh, I'm just curious because I mean, every, I mean, I, I, I know just like I got, I was, uh, I was a part of the last comic standing when it was in Toronto. Mm. And, uh, and the last comic standing had like a bit of a controversy a couple of years before that because I think it was like Drew Carey, Brett Butler, a couple other, like four other comics were the judges and they all passed Dan Natterman. And but then the producers stepped in and said, no, 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 we want these people to go through. And then I remember uh, on the episode, they actually showed it. Drew Carey and Brett Butler stood up and was were like, what the fuck's going on here? These aren't the comics that we wanted to have passed. And there is a, a thing at the end in the end credits that say the producers have the final say in right. who goes on and who doesn't. Like, how did, did you feel that it was like really the, the three judges have the final say? Or did you get the impression that there were like other producers watching it going, we like this guy moving forward? None of that ever really crossed my mind. Like I can't speak on an informed thing where I thought about it. As far as I'm aware and I'm speaking off the top of my head, it really, as far as I know, it came down to the three judges, yay or nay. Yeah. Right. So, and that was my experience was it was all the judges the whole experience was really, really positive. Like, it's one of those things where I'd love to come on here and, you know, stir up some controversy. But especially with coronavirus, they were as incredibly informative as they could be in a tough situation. And for all of that sort of stuff, there was none of the... I was totally aware of the last Comic Standing stuff. Uh, and that crossed my mind, but that was not the case in America's Got Talent. It was very, very... Um, yeah, it was very positive and translucent. It was you make these, you entertain these three people. You yeah. Go I, I, I got a, I got a big I got a big kick out of watching your set because I could tell that you know just from doing the amount of shitty gigs that Canadian comics do, that there were, it was almost when you were making the crew laugh. I was just like, that's you know that's just that's John at a bad gig just playing to the back of the room. Yeah. The bartender's laugh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's yeah. one of those things. It was that. It's also listen. I've done bad gigs, sadly, all over the world. I will say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. Right. And, I, and it's, Bobby Mayer hit it on the head. I don't know how, he stayed up and watched it, the supportive little creep that he is. And he texted me right away and went, who knew doing an open mic in London to four people 12, it was like 12 years into your career would turn out to be a really good decision. Right. And, it, and it was. As it, it, and it's also, by the way, that's not to say that everyone needs to do that. I, I, every comedian, I get driven mad by podcasts becoming, this is how I did it. So everyone has to do it my way. Yeah. Like, find your own way. As it turned out for me, it was a good decision. Other people curate what shows they do. And they, most of them have better careers than I do. So they might, as it turned out, be right. But So two things. One, uh, Bobby Mayer is the other guest this week that we recorded yesterday oh, in yeah. the episode. So that's hilarious. You brought Bobby up. Um, and the second thing is, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Howie Mandel myself, but mm. I will say that I thought it was very classy that he, the way he handled himself, and you could really feel that he was giving you energy because he knew you were in a bind. And, you know, when you've only got three people to, to perform for, and you know that one is kind of really trying to help out, maybe you didn't pick up on it, but oh, I hundred percent did. a huge thing that he did. And I, and I do respect that he did that. He was, listen, you know, he absolutely went out on a limb and helped me out. I was nervous as hell walking out there. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if they were going to laugh. 
Right. And you know, there's a whole thing that was edited out where we talked about Canadian comedy. We just talked about both being guys who work yuck yucks. Right. And we talked about Howard Wagman for two minutes. And in my head, I'm going, this is not making the fucking air. Uh, <laughs> but it, it relaxed me. And he did actually do me the other favor of going, I know this is weird for you. And that's in the show where he goes, we will be a good audience. And in my head, I think he's going, he's saying that to the other judges of going, listen, sitcom yeah, star on. and yeah. guy who knew Queen, we're going to fucking help this guy out. And they absolutely did. That was incredibly helpful. Um, no, he absolutely did me a solid. Did, I, did, did you wish there was like a full house or would you? Or was yes, of course. And, um, I wish it's there sort was of like a weird sort of double-edged sword because I mean, there's always the possibility. So, but everyone's expectations are so low when you're coming out to no audience that I yeah. mean, it's, I mean, you've got the skills to do it. But yeah, I think I think the exact opposite. Not to cut you off, John, but I think going to no audience and stamping your personality with a with the amount of confidence to me now a full room you've already faced a harder beast a full room is now just a full room who already knows that you did it once to no audience they're going to be on your side that's basically what i was going to say one of those ones where before i saw how they presented it and edited it and they like you know they've done me some amazing amount of favors even the way that they titled the youtube video of that i'm the their only comedian and there was a ton of other comedians that performed to an empty room i'm the only one that said stand up to an empty room right doing it to an empty room with the benefit of hindsight i i'm happy i did it because it's unique mm -hmm. in the end in two more weeks when everything's moved on and no one's talking about it it's a story i can tell for the rest of my life and that's yeah for sure and I killed for four minutes. It's also, you know, we're all business people. Yeah. In time period, it's something that I can say to journalists that's going to get me some ink, and that is also a huge benefit, as we're all struggling with the fact that our jobs don't exist because of a virus. So, right. yeah. I, I almost think it's kind of better for you in some ways, just because, yeah, you have that anecdote, and you made it through, mm -hmm. and it's sort of like you've already kind of accomplished the hardest part. And also you get, you had a bit more of a chance to sort of show off your personality. Yeah. And again, I have to give all the credit of the personality show off to the, like, I wish I could say that I was that calm, cool and collected. That was completely the production staff of America's Got Talent. I think doing me a solid, I think maybe, listen, here's a little tip for everyone. Don't, don't complain to the producers on a TV show because sometimes they really do you a fucking solid and edit you. Of course. I, look, I know how I was feeling that day. They could have made me a villain because I was just being yes. good and not talking. Yes. They really helped me out. They were, like, they were very smart in how they told that story. And that was all, all on them. But so they that, went, there's a famous famous story. I'm not going to say the comic's name, but he was going to L.A. and they had a crew following him. And halfway through, the crew didn't really like the person. He didn't really treat them that well. And even though he did well down there, when it came up to Canada and it aired, you could tell by the editing that they kind of stacked the deck against him. They didn't portray it as well as it probably went down. And that is the power of the production team because it's you. We all know over, who it was. That's was it? You know who it was. Was Dave Martin in this documentary? 
No, no. Are you sure? Yes, no, it's not. It's, it done, I knew you'd think that. That's it's not. It's a very <laughs> small known thing, but literally afterwards, because I know how well the comic did, but he's off stage, wasn't really the greatest guy. And you could just tell the crew was kind of like, okay, fine. Yeah, wait till the end, because you don't know. It's like shooting a commercial. You think it's going to be great, and then it comes out and it's shitty. You don't know till the yeah. end. Well, you know? and it's also, it's one of those things where, it, again, don't be fake, because people are people and they can tell. Right, right. But just bear in mind, like, listen, I've been a PA. Your day as a talent is easier than being a PA. A PA sure. literally, they That's are right. being shit on. Yeah. My job as a PA was, I was, my job was basically, I got yelled at by a crazy piano player who just didn't like anything. And every day he yelled at me about why we shouldn't have lunch because lunch just slows everyone down while he was eating lunch. Yeah. Be nice to those people. But yeah, no, I completely agree. And I know what Dave and Kathleen are both thinking. We all want the fucking name of that person in that anecdote you just Oh, uh, we'll get it. We'll get it. Elton we'll get John. It. it was Elton John, right? Yes, it was Elton, Elton John. John. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, I have a question. If you had been offered Survivor or America's Got Talent, which one would you choose? And think about it, because... Oh, she blanked out. So Survivor or America's Got Talent? That's a good one. I'm going to go... I'm going Amer... I love the thing. I love the idea of Survivor. Because Survivor is a, a huge audience. It's a good showcase. I'm going to go America's Got Talent purely because, A, you got to dance with who came came with you to the party and be um you know it's a weird thing of like i'm a comedian i like being on tv being a comedian that said the better thing for my career and the right answer is survivor because survivor is you'll make enough money afterwards that yes. you give the fuck but i because it's a metaphor i get to be a purist if this is a real situation i'd be like I should say America's Got Talent, but I can do spot. But yeah. yeah, I think I think America's Got Talent is the answer, and I'll tell you from my perspective because then you can actually be, even though it might be a heightened version of who you are, it's who you are. On Survivor, you might have to play a character to try to get through, like a bit more of an asshole than you really want to be, or you know, you're playing something then. Or and this is I just noticed I have a friend whose wife was on The Bachelor. You may also not play that character. Those reality shows, yes, are spectacular at like you say the wrong thing out of context they take you mm. 10 hours later making a weird face smash it together <laughs> bachelor is the worst for that oh. they, the for the producers run that show well yeah well, I, I have one question for you because i was always curious because you know on a lot of those shows they want to give a little bit of backstory and uh, you know a little bit more of a reason to sort of root for someone of us like yeah i want this guy to go ahead I mean, above and beyond, you know, the talent that brought you there, but like sort of like, you know, be, despite having such a small penis, he still made it on America's Got Talent. Exactly. Yes. Is that seeing known as old pinky, th uh, old, old pinky finger Hastings? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, never, hit the, well, never hit the sides kid. We'll throw him on AGT. Yeah. No, but but I mean, but they they talked about your mom and you were born premature and and so like how much of that did they want to draw out of you? About as about as much as you saw. Like they're like, we just need to have some context for it. Like, and I mean, you were there for ten hours, so you just you have to talk about something. Yeah, it's exactly like even that whole part of it wasn't even that wasn't even the ten hours. The ten hours was literally just like, hey, listen, these other acts all have planes that have to leave today, so we're just firing through and so we'll get to you when we get to you 
Um, Cause the 10 hours was caused by, they went from a whole other week of shooting to they basically had to do a week in. Oh, right. Time. Oh, cause they had the shutdown, right. Yeah, cause the shutdown was the, the end of this day, you go home. So the, the shutdown wasn't from a lack of organization on their part, their shutdown was like, we, we got all these people, we've flown them in, we gotta do something. Like I was, a friend of mine in Britain was supposed to fly over for it and he heard that the, there might be, at that point it was, there's a potential there will be no audience and he went, catch me next year and stuff like that. So that's where the 10 hour, the 10 hour wait came from. Um, no, they just, they drew out what they needed and went for it. I, what I was gonna say was I'm married and my wife was like, I'm cool not being involved if you don't need me to be involved. Like we have an interesting enough story. She's currently in Canada, I live in America. We're going through the visa process, but she, I just respected her wishes and they were even cool with that where I was like, my wife doesn't really want to be on it. And they were like, we'll figure something else out. Like, yeah. right. Sorry, we'll find you another wife. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah now you got a TV wife. <laughs> I went but to you a great Tom Cruise. Like a little story, TV right? Home. A little sob story. Yeah, that's you exactly that. it. Yeah, and yeah. I think they do that for everyone, and you see them oh, yeah. and use not use others. Like, like there's like I don't even know like the amount, the amount of filming on something like that. I didn't even realize that. I'm just like it's the thing with show business where I'm like it's such a weird like. There's people editing together montages that none of those people will ever even be on television, and these guys right. own house by going like ah, oh. yeah, bananas. Can we talk about your use of the cameo thing, which I think is absolutely hysterical? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I was going to ask you, and, and, and also thank you for reminding us of Mark McGrath's incredibly weird hairline. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> I mean, that is just one of the weirdest things. I'm just, it's literally a line right across, and just, you know, <laughs> nobody has that. It's like this, it's, and, and he still has the frosted tits from the 90s, mm -hmm. and, and what, you know. What's crazy is Gary Busey retweeted the link, and that one I didn't pay for. That just happened organically. I it's saw that. I saw that. It's great. All I want to know is how the fuck did Gary Busey get a hold? Like, I'm just like, there's no, because I don't want to be judgmental to Gary Busey. There's no fucking way he's just <laughs> scrolling through. Like, <laughs> no, I think, I think Gary Busey retweeted it. I think I think Gary Busey thinks that like every TV is a window into another universe of yeah. just like <laughs> like hey I'm gonna I'm gonna climb through that man or Kathleen nailed it and it someone he someone he knows just retweeted it which is probably the logical and absolutely correct answer yeah but, yeah yeah well that's on Twitter but that's how people get in trouble on Twitter like that's yeah, how just blanket blanket retweeting is what you're saying right yeah and, and like so someone doesn't know that you're well Ari Shapiro for example with the Kobe thing. People didn't know, not everybody knew he was a comedian. Oh, right. That horrible sentence comes in and they're like, who is this? Right, right. Right. Oh, that Ari, I was with Ari when he wrote one about Aretha Franklin. We were on the side of a mountain in Scotland and I was literally go, I, just, I remember just being like, why are you doing this? Like, this is, don't do it. Because the one he wrote about Aretha Franklin, what like made Kobe Bryant's, like Kobe Bryant's was a little rough. The Aretha Franklin one is crazy. And he's like, right. my audience expects it. I'm just like, you know what? You're a troubadour. You do you, brother. You weathered yeah. every storm. But yeah. like, I was just like, good God. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 he, he wrote one for Mr. Peanut as well. And he's he, like, thanking Mr. Peanut for murdering children. Oh, yeah. No. 
So, you know, it's like, you know, don't, if you don't like them, don't follow them. Um, who, you know, who are we? I mean, I, I'm waiting for uh, a cameo from like, are we going to see one from Jerry Lawler? I, 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 yeah, I'm not sure. Cause I'm not sure if I want to mix the uh, uh, wrestler review crowd with the AGT crowd because you know they've been amazingly supportive and please listen to my wrestling podcast the wrestler review mm-hmm. but we we go a little Ari Shafir after a dead celebrity tweet on that program every once in a while no, and I, I I occasionally go if Jerry Lawler finds out some of the things I have said about him like I'm in the right 100% about everything I've said about Jerry Lawler but he does have more money and will engage a lawyer. That actually, I, now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, actually, I want all of that to happen. <laughs> then a horrible monster will be stopped. So yeah, maybe I will get Jerry Lawler to do a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or get like, or, or get Sandman, or, or there's oh. so many. Uh, but there's, yeah, there's so many great choices wrestler-wise. Uh, but who's, who's the football player that got, was it Brett Favre that got duped into like saying a bunch of anti-Semitic stuff? Oh. There's the best one so far I saw. Again, Bobby Mayer sent this to me. Carol Baskin of the Tiger King. Yes, yes. She wishes Jimmy Savile a happy birthday. Yeah, the pedophile, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the the G-O-A-T of pedophiles. Yes, yes. Oh, Carol, real big. Jimmy Savile did not discriminate. It didn't matter if you were alive or dead. He wanted to... He was going to touch your your sweet young body. Oh no, 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 Dave. <laughs> That's true too. That's true as well. You know, it's they go why? For the record, Dave Martin, Toronto, Ontario, made yeah. those comments. I would like to know that I, John Hastings, have not said that. That National Broadcasting Corporation does not condone the attitudes of Dave Martin. No. They are aware of his penis size. They're not sure why they know. But well, I said it. That's how I know. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, Kathleen said it, technically. I don't want to be... Well, Kathleen said it a number of years ago at the Cottage Comedy Festival, and I'm from... And that's... Well, anyways, well, that, that's not the point. Well, that's not why you're here today. You know, I, I did a tour last year with uh, Greg Morton, who mm. only had great things to say about the show and the way that he was, you know, the, the from the production angle and how he was dealt with. And what he said is he really got excited each time he had to perform each time because he became more comfortable and more comfortable. So, you know, I think with an, an added audience or maybe a little bit bigger of an audience, your comfort level will grow. And, you know, I think you have a really good shot. Yeah, it's one of those things where if, you know, this is as far as I go, this is as far as I go, I've literally just put it out of my head. Anything else that's going to sort of happen, I'm really happy with how they've um, treated me thus far. I feel like it's really, really fair. I would say to anyone who is on the fence about doing a show like that, do it. Because in the end, it's 10 million people on NBC. That is, as stand-up comedians, that is a very, very rare opportunity for us, even if you're on a thousand times on late night. Like, if you actually look at how many people are watching that show, it's not that many. And I just, and and it's in the end, you know, comedians, I think we all kind of want that cool rock and roll vibe of the Stanhope and such, where it's, you know, young, cool people. In the end, comedy clubs are expensive. Who's coming to see you is the people watching America's Got Talent. And yes. they're not yes. nearly as parochial as you think they are. I, 
I completely agree with everything Greg has to say. I think that um, I will get more comfortable as I move through the process. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I just want to say this weird side. I played Arizona twice last year, and I went in thinking, this is going to be Trump country. This is going to be bullshit. They were the coolest shows because they forget about so much the world is they can laugh at themselves. They're aware of what the world thinks. Right. And I think that, you know, there is going to be a burn off of the crop in all facets of show business in most industries. Mm -hmm. And I think that those that survive this and stay and stand up, whether it's in Canada, Britain, wherever, wherever it's the show, and I'm not trying to get preachy, just right. go and perform everywhere to everyone. That, that's what I learned from this experience of who you think you want your fans are may not be who ends up liking what you do. So just go open yourself up wide and go from there. Yeah. And, and and just quickly, like you're in LA now. No, I'm in I'm in Montreal. I, I ran back to be with my wife. Oh, okay. But before the pandemic, you were in LA, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And is that your long-term plan to stay in LA? Like for the next little while? Was that it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I think it's gonna it was a it was a scary experience being there when in the middle of a lockdown the police started attacking people. Like that was pretty terrifying and being under a curfew and stuff like that. But it's Definitely America's the plan. Um, if not LA, then definitely New York, but definitely America from now on. Like my career's weird in that I kind of have a weird festival thing that I do every year with Melbourne and Edinburgh, but when I'm not getting ulcers for a month trying to get people into a small room in an odd city, I will be yeah. in the USA or at a fine yuck yucks. There we go. And, and they survive this. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Oh, you, this is a good credit. You'll get lots of club gigs. Yeah, here's hoping, right? I can finally play. What are the clubs in Canada that never get back to me? Maybe well, the Nest. I mean, the Nest in Montreal is one of those clubs that always wants an American credit. They make they're pretty open about about that. So now you have that to go in there with. And I'll be there on Thursday, Dave. Yeah. It works. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. this show will probably drop Thursday or Friday, so so we can we'll, we'll plug your appearance at the Comedy Nest. And if I could just say one more thing, if you're gonna, you could, uh, when you throw out those cameo requests, how much do you ask them to say for you? I can explain it. So I, I sat down and wrote out a thing that basically says, hey, I'm putting this on social, you only have 250 characters, so it's like, I'm putting this on social media, I need you to say, you watched this clip, you can say you loved it or you didn't, but just be clear, I'm paying you to give me this plug, here is my social media. If you want to watch along, you can. Tom Arnold literally, read, if you want to know what the copy is, just watch Tom Arnold's thing. He literally reads the copy yes, and yes, then yeah. watches it. Right. Uh, Mark McGrath just riffed. Pendulette said my name and gave me a shout out. And Carson Cressley just sort of riffed. So that's what I say to them. Um, and I'm sort of debating on who to go with next. And maybe Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. It's a hard one because I kind of, the Tom Arnold, Mark McGrath, and Carson Cressley, I'm like, those are all the perfect level of, it's funny that they would say this. Yeah. And at Pendulette, I was like, well, he was on show. So that's just a good sort of crossy markety one. Mm -hmm. And now well, I'm like, what's a funny one? The problem is all the funny ones are like 500 bucks. Wesley Snipes is on there, he's $500. And if it was 300, the Snipe Man in a second. <laughs> well, what, what about like Chris Jericho? Would you do a Chris Jericho? 
I would maybe, I don't like Chris Jericho as a guy only because I heard a story from a technician about him when he was with his band and he was just really arrogant and there was only 200 people. And it's yeah. that weird thing of like, like Roger Stone is on there. Well, it's this weird thing of you're giving your money direct, like it goes directly to the celebrities. So there's also a part of it where I'm like, ethically, do I want to give right. to, to Roger Stone? Yeah, to yeah. Roger Stone. Because again, Roger Stone, is it, that is objectively fucking hilarious. Yes. And if it was after the Trump presidency, if it, Biden had won, Roger Stone, I might even do it the day, if Trump is defeated, I might do it on election day of get <laughs> Roger Stone to do it. But well, if, if, if you end up choosing Jerry Lawler, you just you could just say to Jerry, listen, just say this, like, John Hastings has loads of jokes, so oh. keep on dropping those loads oh. and, 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 and score big on... Uh, on uh, America's Got Talent. But also at the same time, you have to worry about what Jerry Lawler is going to do with that 200 bucks. Exactly. That's the other thing is Jerry Lawler is one of the, he's a Jimmy, Sa allegedly a Jimmy Savile-esque predator. We have to be concerned what he could and would get up to. <laughs> but yeah, I may be thinking Mick Foley because he's just a nice man who likes egg yeah. sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. Mick Foley. Yeah, yeah. Mick, Foley. I, I would, Mick Foley would be safe. It's also after the Tom Arnold one. I also like. I need to. I want to get another one to watch it because watching him watch it really just made me feel like I'm like, well, this is. I'm getting value for my money now. Hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. That was. I I watched it and I I loved every minute of it. I thought it was great. Again, it made me. I've also weirdly like. I've seen Tom Arnold do stand up because L.A. is weird, and that you're like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, and that guy, he needed like in the '90s. He's legitimately just a nice weird old man of hollywood and he needs to get out there as that guy also based on his nose that guy is some cocaine holy oh, lord well both him and roseanne they 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 were like yeah. vacuum cleaners yeah oh yeah oh you know that now explains everything about roseanne's older ages yeah she's just burnt out from the yayo yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's there's so many stories about them getting pulled over and the two of them getting coked up together. And I mean, whatever keeps a couple together, I suppose. But, you know. Yeah, I guess. Hey there, everybody. This is the Mouth from the Pillow Fight League and live audio wrestling. And you are listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost on XM Radio's Laugh Attack. And you guys better stop picking on Dave Martin or I'm coming over to beat your ass, brother. <laughs> Thursday, July 16th. This cap is your worst nightmare. A real game. You just really can't trust anyone. With a killer twist. Your job is to find the killer. That looked like it really hurt. Killer Camp. New series. Thursday, July 16th. And stream free next day on the CW app. Alright. <sighs> so, how are you, Bobby? What's going on? <laughs> nothing i uh <laughs> you know it's been four months of of feeling my personality just been stripped away like right. just, you really realize because whenever you meet like really old people like my grandma's 101 and they don't have much to say and you think oh god old people are boring but then after four months inside they just you know it's so easy to run out of things to say right because at, at 101, you've probably said enough, right? <laughs> I mean, what else is there? So like, 
great, another young person to talk to, <laughs> right? What are, I mean, what are, what's, uh, what are they really going to get out of more conversation with young people? So I get it, but yeah. So, so yeah, the last, uh, what's been going on with me? I've just been spending too much time with my wife, uh, mm. Harriet is her name. Are you better? And yes. uh, spending too much time with Harriet, painting our house, you know, doing terrible gigs over Zoom. That's been my life as of late. Well, you know, what's funny is when you're a comic, your whole life is comedy. And I've always said the most important thing is for longevity in this is to have a life outside of comedy. And if there's ever a time where that's come in handy for me, <laughs> it's been in the last five months because yeah. I do have a life outside of it. Those people that are still grinding every day and their whole life is comedy, I'm sure this has been a lot harder for them. Yeah. Well, yeah, those without families to come home to and, and that's it, so yeah. Kind, kind of like Dave. Well, yeah, okay. Well, not exactly like me. I found other things to do. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, you're not married, you don't have kids. You know, you have to, before, if you wanted to be social, you could go to a comedy thing and be social. Right. Now you've got to actively work outside of that comedy circle to be social. Oh, also, Dave, but to be fair, out of the three of us, Dave's background looks like he has the coolest life. Like he, <laughs> he has the coolest looking apartment for sure. Yes. No, I was wondering if we're going to just jump right into the uh, whole, uh, all the, the, uh, like the, the, the horror camp show that you're doing. It's already aired in, in the UK, hasn't it? Yeah, so that was, so it's called Killer Camp. Right. Uh, I did, we filmed it a year ago in Lithuania. Yeah. So it's a British reality show where um, there's like t 10 contestants and they think that they're on a show called Summer Camp. Right. And then they get there, and uh, one of the contestants got blown up on a boat. That was a plant. Right. And then they, and then they realize, uh, what I revealed that the show is actually called Killer Camp, and it's like a murder mystery, and one of them will be killed each episode. Right. And, it, and if they figure out who the killer is, they get money. But mm -hmm. if the killer remains hidden, the killer gets, walks away with money. Okay. okay. No, 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 like I know, like British TV always seems to try to do the same as American TV. I mean, they had like, like, I mean, there was the Jersey Shore over in the States and then they had the Geordie Shore, which was like the British version of it. Like how much, is there any, have you found a difference between like British uh, reality TV and American? Or how much of a, how much of a connoisseur were you of reality TV before this? I, I feel like I could talk about the show I did. But in terms of like reality, I don't really watch reality TV outside of that, so it's hard for me to say. Yeah. Like, I know it's, do people fuck on TV in America no. right now? No, no. Okay. I mean, no. it's, 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 they, they, if they do, it's, you know, they talk about it the next day that they hooked up, but there's actually no footage of it or, or anything. Like, they make out and then it just cuts, and then it's the next morning and it's insinuated that they fucked. Well, in the UK, they'll show them having sex. Wow. But yeah, so, but not like, not like, not like pornographic penetration. No, no, no. Under no. the covers. Yeah. But they still, you still watch them actually fuck. 
Man, I, I wish I moved to the UK a long time ago. <laughs> you can watch people fuck on TV here, but I mean, yeah, I guess it's not the same if you have a... They're not really fucking, though. No. Like, it's... Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, so we are watching people really fuck on, on UK TV, yeah. Yeah, the show Love Island. It's like a show where everyone hooks up. Right. And, uh, yeah, they do it. You see it all happen. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. It's, so how, it's, like, it's like a softcore porn. It's not... No, it's with my, how we're not... Not Pornhub level of graphic. Right? No, no, you okay. don't. No, but you're seeing their face. You know, you're watching like their expression yeah. while it's going on. Yeah. See, you get to see their cum face. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's more impressive than fucking the, the money shot. Okay, yeah. but you don't get to you don't get to see cum on the face. I just no, nothing. No, Dave. No, no, Dave. You can, just, <laughs> you can just picture that yourself. Oh, and I do. Trust me, I do. <laughs> like, yeah. If Kathleen was here, she would be drenched. So. Yeah, how uh, how did you even get involved in the show, Bobby? Did did you know the producers? They knew you. Uh, so they were aware of me, I guess, from other things I've done, and they just brought me in. We had a meeting. I did right. a screen. I did a screen test where I read part of the script to camera. Right. And then I thought, because this screen test, I I didn't have any time to prepare, so I was kind of given a page of dialogue and had a couple minutes to memorize it, and then just kind of set it down the lens. And I left there thinking I had really just ruined it. Like I right. just, it just felt uncomfortable because I, it's, I couldn't memorize it. So you're still kind of reading while trying to deliver and it just felt choppy. So I thought I'd blown it. Like I knew I was close to getting the job. And then I left there thinking I blew it. And the whole weekend I was so depressed, but then they called on the Monday and said, oh yeah, the network liked it. You got the job. Great. That seems so, like yeah. that's that's a very typical story of the most auditions, though. The ones that you always feel that you you fucked up the most is are the ones that usually sort of turn out the best. But yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah. I I've had that experience before. But um, were, now, were, were you were other people in the running for this, or was this something that they went straight straight to you for? Uh, they told me no one else was really in the running. I don't know if that's true, but I, I believe, I don't know. They, I, yeah, that's they great. haven't. Yeah, they don't, they don't have to tell you that. They don't have yeah. to tell you that. There's no, there's no winning by telling you that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what they said. Um, and then a couple weeks later, I flew to Lithuania. And we, it was kind of a week of rehearsal and then a week of filming. And so. so was, was the only, I don't know if you can even tell us this, but was the only plant the first contestant that gets blown up in a boat for to make it look real for everyone? Or is there future plans? Uh, that, that's the only, that's the only plan. Yeah. Cause for me, like I, I love, there's a show called Joe Blow. I don't know if you ever heard if Joe Schmo, it's called Joe Blow, but Joe Schmo in America. No, I haven't seen it. The, the premise of it is everyone's actors except one person. <laughs> I love that idea. That's great. It's it's so funny. The first two seasons are like, everyone should watch them. I own the second season on DVD. I watched it like three times in one year because I turned it on to someone. They'd come over and we'd watch it. And it's great because everyone's an actor but the one person. So you can really fuck with the whole idea of reality TV with it. I had that idea like three weeks ago and I thought this is a great idea. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, of course someone's already done it. Yeah. But, um, even remaking it would be fun. I still think they can now. Enough reality TVs happen where people won't know if it's real or not. What network was that on? It was Originally on it was on Spike TV, and then uh, it only went to two seasons, and then that was it. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a great premise. 
But yeah. I think I, w- I think they might have tried to do a big, they tried to do a third season, but then it was quickly like people figured it out, even that were on the show. That like, but I think that that even sort of screwed up season two because you know some people were so outrageous and off the charts with their acting that it yeah. was just like, okay, well, this I've seen people be wacky before, but some people were just trying too hard, and so yeah, I think even a couple of the people on the show, and then they had to start rewriting it so that they had to sort of just circle around people's suspicions whether it was all real or not so then <laughs> what happened is these producers they went from joe schmo they did a show with william shatner where they went to a small town in america and they told the people they were filming a movie a sci-fi movie with william shatner and they hired all locals to be extras and then they just would fuck with the extras and shatner, <laughs> shatner was just an asshole the whole way through it or like fucking with them but it only aired like five of the nine episodes on on spike it didn't even fully air and it's supposed to be really funny but it never aired well i think that's one of the things too is because there was a show called um uh and I, and I have a copy of it uh, called uh, WB Superstar USA. Oh, yeah. And it's it was like an American Idol-style show, but they went out of their way that they only chose the worst people. And, of course, they compliment them, and they tell them how amazing that they are. And, you know, they have, like, you know, I think Tone Loke, and then one of the producers was on the panel of judges, and then I think that chick, uh, what was her name, Vitamin C or something like that. She had, like, one hit like sort of one song of the summer hit. And uh, and so they were just, they were complimenting these people that were so horrible. And even some of the people were sort of like, really? You really like my voice? Because I haven't been told that before. So, <laughs> okay, well, thanks. I guess this is great. And then so I don't even know if they could literally get away with a show like that now because you watch it and it's so mean because they are being really cruel to the, some people. And there are some people that are kind of a bit of a head case and they yeah. kind of get rid of them because sort of like, okay, well, we can't keep lying to you. And then yeah, even at like the end of it, there's sort of like, some people are sort of like, yeah, I don't care if it was all a big joke on me. And then some people, and then like the one, the chick that wins it is sort of like, she's, she's not, she's still kind of confused after she's been told, like, no, we chose the worst people. So I don't, I think some shows, even like the Joe Schmo show, you couldn't even get away with uh, like uh, being that mean. As as much as you once did, but but how how gullible did you find some of the people on the show that you were on? I mean, we weren't really trying to trick them, right? So yeah, once, but, once they knew after that first explanation, there's you know there's no real tricking. They knew the rules then. Yeah, so it, it's more of a game. But it, what right. was amazing was within a few days, these people felt very close to each other right and and had very intense emotional reaction to someone being killed yeah or to someone or to finding out who did it like there was uh, that it was incredible just as a social experiment to watch people's reactions yeah, because at home, if I see someone really break down, you don't know if they're acting, you know, for the camera or if it's kind of real, real emotions, because it's still a reality show. But if you're there and you see them like five minutes after taping something and they're still upset, you know it's real. You know that they're actually having these feelings, whether the camera's on or not. Yeah, I think it's it's it was just a, like a lesson in human psychology, which is yeah. if you spend, if you're isolated with a group of people for more than two days you feel like an intense connection to them regardless 
if it make you know even if it doesn't make sense like you can yeah, say yeah. well they never knew each other or is this real it's all it, i would say most of the time it's real like right. i was i was amazed and at the at the end of every episode two contestants we'd be around a campfire kind of like survivor and two contestants would walk into the woods and one of them would get would get killed and one would come back right. and i would tell the story of how they were being murdered to the campers it was right. really fun and like it was like an intense brutal graphic murder and i got to tell that story really intensely right and i would be screaming it in their faces and they would be crying like i would say almost every contestant at some point sobbed when someone was i was describing a killing right mm. and then i'd have to keep yelling in their faces while they're crying <laughs> and the producer would be in my ear saying just keep going come on just yeah did you ever feel bad like after like no cut you're like oh i'm sorry but i had to do this it was the show yes and I, uh, but i felt bad the first time but right. then the second day when there was more tears i thought oh okay well, nothing's actually happened. Everyone's right. okay. Yeah. So right. I'm just going to yell in this crying lady's face. Right. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's funny that, like, I mean, like, I don't know how, I mean, but, like, in, in the UK, reality TV is a little bit different. Because, I mean, there's some people that on that show Big Brother, or what's, it's not, what's the show version in, in the UK? It's like... It's Big Brother UK. There's a Big Brother yeah, UK. Yeah, Big Brother. But when yeah. people come out of that show, they're, like, famous. And yes. like here in, in North America, they're still, I mean, they're reality stars, but they doesn't have that sort of like, in the UK, they're held up to a little bit of a higher standard of, of like uh, celebrity now. Yeah, definitely. I would say in this country, the crossover between reality television and other kinds of television is, it's not that, there's people who've went from reality TV to like mainstream, like presenting roles or or having their own show and it doesn't feel like, why is this, it just, it's a natural way to get famous here, I guess. There's right. a show called, um, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Yeah. Well, they send, they send a bunch, like 10 celebrities to a jungle in Australia and they yeah. live together for a month. Caitlyn Jenner was on it. Yeah. I went last year, actually in December, I went, I was flown to Australia and did the after show. So they had a show, I did it for four days where after the taping ends, I was in the jungle really close to the celebrities and I was on a panel where I just kind of talk about what had happened. And those people, when they go in, some of them are Caitlyn Jenner, but some of them aren't that famous, but right. when they come out, they are very famous yeah, and they can that like, show. Yeah. it springboards them to a lot of, usually a lot of money and success. Didn't, uh, didn't Johnny Rotten do that show? I, I don't know. I think he did, yeah, because the lead singer of the Sex Pistols did it, and there was a big controversy with him being on it. And there's been a that show has been running a long time. Yeah, it's been like twenty years, I think. Yeah, like a real long time, and yeah, you see that they may have been a, I don't want to say the word has been, but their popularity isn't as high. Then they go on that show, and it bumps them back up again, and they're they go on all the chat shows. See, Britain still has a lot of chat shows that yeah. people still can be seen on and keep their awareness going. Whereas in Canada, North America, well, definitely Canada, there isn't any. But even in America, there's not that many places now other than like an Ellen or one of those type shows to keep your face out there. Like Britain, it's still still hardcore. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of kind of group chat shows, or they call it like panel shows, where people, if you get a certain amount of notoriety, you'll be asked on those shows. You know. Right. Yeah, because you did a bunch of those, right? You did the cat yeah. show and all that. 
Yeah, and most of that was because, less because of notoriety, some notoriety, I guess, but mostly just because um, they'll always have a couple of comedians. Right. And then mixed in with, like, celebrities. Right. And, yeah, it's fun, you know? It's a really fun time. You're just kind of chatting. You're just, like, talking for a couple hours. Some of them are completely improvised. Like, some, like, 8 out of 10 cats, you go in with written jokes right. on, on news topics. But some of them, you just have a great time. Mm-hmm. And the whole show is kind of improvised based off games. Right. Does, does Jimmy Carr still host that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's you know what? I mean, do you, Darren? Do you remember the Balloon Boy? Remember that sort of? Uh, yes. Yeah. The story, years? the news story. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, it was like a news story for a day. But you know what's what's funny is that like the two people. I mean, just to show how reality TV has become such a huge thing, the two people, uh, like the parents of the Balloon Boy, actually met at a acting class, but it was an acting class to be on a reality TV show. <laughs> how to act on reality TV as opposed to like how to act in like movies and TV and shit. So these people, two people just acted, like, you know, they, they met each other there and they were just looking for a stunt to get on TV to right. be, eventually get on other reality TV shows, but they were caught and it was, you know, found out that there was no kid in the balloon and it was all just a, a load of horseshit. But I mean, that, that to me is a, just another statement of just like, wow, so there are people. Well, that's a, that's a long people. play. That's a long play to, to have a kid, <laughs> raise it to an age, and then put it in a balloon. That's a long plan. Well, they might have had the kids already, and then we're just, finally, we can do something with these things. <laughs> Let's see now, how, Bobby, we can, how we I want to ask. I just wanted to ask Bobby, so imagine, I don't know how well the show will do on the CW. I'm sure it'll do well. But it's kind of sad that if it does do well, you can't really take advantage of it with the pandemic. I know. Well, yeah, it's definitely uh, there's it, it would be hard. Yeah. Right now, I couldn't go to America. Right. But um, I think in terms of like having meetings and stuff, it's yep. a lot easier right now to meet with people in America or even Canada or here over zoom because now a zoom meeting is what everyone's doing so whereas before an online meeting might not have happened now that's more of a possibility but yeah definitely it's uh, not a good time for anything were you able to take advantage of it because it's already aired in the uk so did you ever see a bump in people coming and seeing you and then what like watching your stand-up from it or no well i would have been doing so i did my first uh like in the UK, when someone when you get a certain amount of notoriety, you can do like kind of a small tour of like art centers, kind of hundred seat venues, you know. Right. Which wouldn't really be financially viable in Canada because everything's so far apart. Whereas here, everything's a two hour train ride away. Like it's easy, you know. There's so many venues. Right. So I had I did one tour in 2017, uh, which was like 30 towns and cities, and I was planning on doing that again this year. Uh, and that would have been where I saw those, those people would have came, you know. And when you would, I would have. End? When did the show end in the UK? It ended last November. Right. So, yeah, if you, a spring tour, you would have been able to take advantage yeah. of it. Right. Well, I mean, yes. is, is this show on the CW now because there's a lack of new programming in the States and they just well, need new stuff to put on? Or is it, uh, how, how long has this been in the works? I don't know. So I just kind of heard, was told it was happening. So I can imagine that that might have been a factor, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think you know what happened? I think, and I'm just projecting, 
But with Netflix having a lot of success with a few kind of international reality shows, where in the past they may have tried to do an American version of Killer Camp, because of the success of these Netflix shows, which have international cast, they were probably like, look, we don't have programming. We don't want to reshoot this. Let's just play it. Because obviously you're a North American host, so you've got that anchor to it, and it's easily to put on. So I, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I never really – I was just happy it was happening. You know? Of course. <laughs> yeah, now, you, do you think want to give them too many ideas and fuck up a gig. So Right. Do you think there'll be another season, or has been any kind of talk of that from the from the British side? No, I don't know. It's uh, everything's kind of up in the air now. Well, you'd love to do it again, right? No, it'd be fun. It's a good job. It's quite challenging, actually, just in terms of a job because uh, there's no teleprompter. Right. So every every day, I probably ha I had about ten pages of dialogue that I'd have to yeah. memorize and then yep. say down the lens, and then within that, interact with the contestants while remembering like paragraphs of dialogue. So it was like an insanely, it was in terms of just memorizing lines, it was a really good crash course in that. And um, yeah. Did you, I, pick, did you pick up on that pretty easily or was it a lot of work for you? Uh, it would depend on my tiredness and stress level. If I wasn't stressed or tired, I could really suck in lines quite quickly. But if I ate, if I ate too much. Oh, yeah. If you eat too much, then your brain just kind of goes foggy. If you get the carbs yes. fog, I'm useless yes. and can't remember anything. Especially if they're long days. I mean, if they're just eight-hour days, it's not so bad. But if it goes to 12 or 14 or 16-hour days yeah. where you've got to memorize, it's, it's really hard. Yeah, it was, uh, it was intense. But it was, I don't know, it's a great job. Like, I'd love to keep doing it. It doesn't really... Yeah, but no. is, 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 is the wad blown in this in the sense that people now know what the, what the jig is as far as, like, um, like, if people know where this is going? Or do they try to disguise it as something else? And then everyone just keeps thinking that they're applying to be on a reality show when they don't know what it is. And but as soon as as soon as someone goes to a camp, they're like, "Oh, is this going to be like that killer camp show?" And they're like, "Ah, oh, fuck, we got to get rid of you." I think even if people knew they were coming yeah. on killer camp, yes. the premise would still work because yes. then everyone is there trying to look. They, they, what what the people not knowing gave it a cool shot at the beginning, but right. after ten minutes, they all know. Yes. So people coming and knowing, I don't think would change anything. It's, oh. like, it's like a celebrity doing stand-up. They got 10 minutes. They can live off that, oh, it's wow, it's this guy or gal. But once that's over, you still got to be funny. Same yeah. thing with this premise. The premise, to me, um, it sounds like that kind of that, the murder mystery dinners that people love so much. Yeah, and, yeah. And, they, and they've still been going for 30, 40 years. So I could see this having a run of many seasons because... People love that shit of figuring out who the, it's, you know, it's really, it's television clue. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like the game board. It's a board game clue. That's what it is. And, you know, people love that shit. <laughs> yeah. I've never been to a murder mystery. So I'll just, I mean, I'll take your word for it, but I, I've never done it either, but I wouldn't be against it. If I was all of a sudden at one, I wouldn't be like, God damn it. No, I'd play along and try to have fun and try to creep people out. That's my problem. I would just creep people out. <laughs> I'd be I'd be a great addition to a show, but I wouldn't be a great contestant. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, you have an escape room vibe. Do you like escape rooms? You know what? I, I went to one escape room once. Yeah. I went to one escape room once. And the thing is, it's like if you are in if you're doing that shit with other people that are really into escape rooms, then they are like 
like there was like one that was like a lock on a on a picnic basket and you had to find the clues to know what the numbers of the lock were and then so and then i was just like oh hey i can just reach my hand inside the picnic basket and get the piece of paper with the clue on it and then everyone was like no 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 we have to do this the right way i was just like well this and obviously nobody's lives are at risk so yeah i'm gonna fucking cheat you know it's sort of like if this was a real escape room, I'm going to fucking cheat to get that out of here. But everyone was like, no, you got to go by the rules. And that's the fun part of the game. I was like, no, we're, we're trying to escape from this thing. And I was I like, <laughs> so I know in the escape room parties, I was a, definitely a party pooper. And I was just like, I just wanted to get out and drink. So Dave, Dave's whole life is a, is an escape room where he tries to cheat his way through. <laughs> this is my escape room. My mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of people uh, in in Canada don't know, but you and your wife had their own their own reality show for a while. <laughs> yeah, well, it was more, it was like a fake reality show. Yeah, we did a sitcom called Bobby mm-hmm. and Harry Get Married. I mean, you you know, why am I telling yeah. you? It was like, uh, yeah, it was just it was kind of like we wrote it the way they write Curb, which is we write like Curb Enthusiasm. We write like an eight page beat sheet. Right. And then just like it was, yeah, it was meant to look like a reality show. It yeah. was really fun. That was, it was a great time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've only seen clips and I think I saw one episode online. It looked like it was a lot of fun. Would you guys consider doing it again or was it just kind of one thing and then that's it? Yeah. I think what the, unfortunately we made it with Vice and then uh, it, they just didn't, they didn't want us to make anymore. Right. right. No. Now, how how much did people know it was a scripted show, or did you try to pass it off as like this is a real it, thing? If you watched it, it's very clear it's scripted. Okay. Like you you couldn't you wouldn't think it. Like you'd have to be insane to think it's actually a reality TV show by the end of an episode. At the beginning, definitely the be- the first few minutes, you would think, okay, maybe this is. But then within a few minutes, it's clearly a sitcom. Oh, I hope. What a way to find out that I'm insane. Because I, I was watching that what? show going like, oh, wow. I'm, I was like, oh, man, I wonder if they're going to make it. Ooh. What? You, you think, there's no way. You thought well, I, never wa- I never watched an episode of the show. I only watched like the two-minute clips because I don't oh, okay. know. Okay, yeah, yeah. I could never find it over here. So it's like it literally no, I just saw you acting like you and <laughs> acting like someone dealing with you. So <laughs> I thought it actually was documenting your actual wedding. But, <laughs> no. wow, what a way to find out. Wow. <laughs> this day's getting shittier as it goes along. There's no <laughs> Kathleen on the show, and I just found out that that reality show was a sham. Where's Kathleen? I thought she was She awesome. just did not want to do your interview. Yeah. Why not? No, I'm oh, fucking with had, you. No, she's in the zoo today with some kids. You know what? Our, our, our policy on this show is... Real life trumps this show. So yeah, if you can enough. go and go, you know, to the something with your family and get something out of that, then go do that. The <laughs> show's always here for you to come back to. She yeah, actually that, that, that's me. Darren's way of saying that I will be on every single show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I have nowhere yes. else to go. I'm in a fucking closet right now, aren't I? <laughs> My kids are downstairs. I fed them their pogos. They're all happy. Now I can do some daddy time. They're back yeah. in the cages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some in- musical instruments down there and try to start a band eventually. <laughs> sure. And guess what? All the songs are angry, Dave. Yeah. They're going to be a new, a brand new Partridge family. Yeah. A little so more I, pissed off. I saw, Bobby, now I saw the, uh, the photos that they recently let open the pubs in England. Yes. It was just 
the, the photos that I saw were just people <laughs> like uh, puking in the streets, guys, you know, holding back their girlfriend's hair so they could puke. I saw a couple of fights. There was one great Freddie Mercury looking shot where there was like a shirtless dude holding up a beer can and pouring it into his mouth. Very, uh, very, I, I want to break free. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you now? How how far away are you now from any? But you don't you don't you don't you don't go out to pubs much, do you? Or or is no, it, not really. I mean, obviously, like you guys, or I'm at. I'll be at pubs all the time because it. Or well, not pub. You know, British pubs. Yeah. But I'll be at I'll be at bars all the time for shows. Right. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't really hang out. I mean, maybe if you're with. You know, when you're visiting with someone where you yeah. have nothing to talk about. So you're like, should we go for a drink? Because you're just trying to find atmosphere yeah. to make up for the fact you don't really like each other anymore. Then I, you know, I do that. But. Yeah, that's funny. No, cause me, me and my wife do that every week. We, just try, <laughs> we don't like each other anymore. We find some more of the atmosphere. Exactly. On. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I do the same with my wife. That's what you do. You just like, yeah. you have to change. You have to really. So I wouldn't, but I don't think it was as bad as the media made it look. Like, I think, gen, like, even in a photo, if people are socially distancing, they still look close together in the yes, photo, you know? 100%, yeah. But, uh, and also, I would say it's quite romantic to hold someone's hair when they're puking. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's, that's a good thing to do. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's quite gentlemanly. Yeah. Um, what the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so, Aaron, you go. Yeah, um, so, how long have you been married now? Three years. Three years. And how long did you guys know each other before that? I met Harriet, like, well, I met her probably eight months after I moved here, but I don't remember the first two times I met her. Yeah. She didn't, she just didn't make much of an impression. Right. So you, the third, like you guys, you guys met through stand-up circles, right? Like yeah, we met at shows, mutual friends, and then at a house party eventually. Yeah. Well, okay, so, I mean, that's you know that happens all the time. And quite clearly, you're the catch. So, <laughs> you're no, the she's. No, I've married. I've married well. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Well, you know, it's funny. I just said this to my my uh, 16 year old son driving today. I said, you know, the way the way I look at it is, if me and my wife broke up, nobody's going to say, "What did Brandy do?" <laughs> Everyone's no. gonna say, "What the fuck did Darren do?" Yeah, so I, I can I can relate to that. The reason I br I brought up the the marriage thing. So I spoke to Dave earlier about this. So I never dated in the industry. Dave has dated in the industry, and you've now married in the industry. Yes. And, and for me, I always wanted a complete separate thing, right? Like a divide from me doing stand up and the showbiz to a real kind of life per se. And I just wanted, you know, if you have any kind of comment on that or what's your feelings on that? I don't know. It wasn't like. Like, are I you never... not able to shut it down? See, oh, my, yeah. My big fear is it's 24-7 talking about comedy and entertainment and Ugh. not being able to shut it down. Because I knew couples that were in the business. It was 24-7 business. No, I would say what I would say is first of all, we'll say if we're if we want to do something with any romantic or like maybe we're gonna fuck at some point soon vibe. Right. We just don't talk about work. We'll talk right. about anything except work. We'll talk about the, like where we're gonna go on vacation, 
something, just anything that isn't the boring gig I did or what job okay. I hope I get. Like who cares? And secondly, some couples get like jealous of each other. You know those industry yeah. couples where one person gets the job. We don't really. I've never felt like I'm competing with her, even if we're on the same show. It doesn't feel that way. Right. Like I got last year. I did a. I got asked to do like a panel show over here, uh, and. I knew it'd be better if I did it with her. So I was like, why don't we get Harriet? And then eventually I got her on the show too. And we, or she was asked to be on the show also. Right. And that was a way better time, you know? So I'm like always, yeah, it's great. I don't know. It doesn't really, I guess it's hard for me to know because I'm not married. I don't have the experience of being married to someone else. Maybe like it might be better, you know, maybe if I could do it over again and just marry (laughs) someone who isn't a comedian, maybe it's so much better, but I can't, I don't know. It's hard to, I don't have See, from, I think it's, it's all about if you're able to shut it off. I knew at the time I wouldn't be able to shut it off. Okay. So I, I, I had to put that, I'm not saying it's for everyone, but for yeah, me, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, had, I had to say, because I had some uh, women, women comics. My other problem is I can't lie. So I'm only going to be attracted to fu- a funny female comic as well. So yeah. comedy and funny is a big thing for me. So there's a couple that approached me over the 25 years of me doing it. And trust me, I would have loved to have, but I just said to myself, I just know what I'm like. I can't be like that. Oh, the one, I mean, the one problem I get, I would say is if I ever watch Harriet do a show, it's right. nothing, it's not a comment on her at all, but I'm not a good laugher. Right. So I just sit in the audience with this miserable face. Like that's everyone. That's, yeah. That's no, everyone watching. Yeah. But, but, but she it affects her, you know, because she just looks out and sees her husband staring at her like she's fucking garbage. And I'm like, no, I don't mean it's a, I just I know what you're going to say. But yeah. she's like, well, then f- then leave. She could because she she laughs for me. She'll right. laugh at a joke. But I'm just a bad liar. So if I have heard something, yeah. I'm like, well, exactly. Gonna lie. Exactly. You're a bad liar. Yeah, I know. I'm a bad liar, too. So that that is the one point of tension, I would say. Well, I mean, you, I think you have to keep everything in perspective because it's sort of like anytime that I dated a comic, there was never a moment really where it was either one of us on a side of a coin where people were going to literally, Oh, well we have to make a choice between Dave or this person. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, you have to keep remembering that. And you know, unless you're both in a contest or something like that, but then even in a contest situation, you doubt it's going to be the two of you going back and forth at each other, but still, I mean, but yeah, I've always said that too, that I could never go out with someone who, I think I even said on this show once before that I probably have an easier time saying I love you than I think you're funny. It would be harder, it would be harder for me to tell someone that they're funny over, uh, and it would be easier for me to tell them that I love them. Basing that on on the lie principle, like you're not being 100% true, it'd be easier for you to say I love you than you're funny if you're lying. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes, it would. Right. Yeah, I'd, have a, right. I'd have a harder time with the lie of uh, I think you're funny. Right. Lie of I love you. you know, I mean, I might love them, but I mean, yeah, I would, right. I would, I would have a hard, easier time lying about that than uh, I think that you're funny. Because lo- if you say I love you, but people usually don't go, oh, well, some people do say, oh, how? But if so, if you say, oh, I think that you're funny, it's like, oh, well, what jokes did you like? Mmm, shit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know really. Uh, and then, and then you have to, then you have to throw out a line like, "Well, they seem to like you," and then that'll get you in more shit. So it, it can be tough. But I think the one good thing about going out with someone who is in the is in the business is that they can understand 
both the joy and the frustration that right. you're, you're dealing with. So, and, uh, um, to me, I've got, I've got enough, I've got enough friends in the business for that. I understand what you're saying, but yeah, when it comes to that kind of stuff, I have enough friends to be able to talk to you and, and get over the frustrations. Yeah. I like don't know about show. you. Also, I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more it's like, rather than like when I feel myself getting really frustrated about work, I'm like, the after 15 years, it's like, you kind of know, well, being annoyed about this is it doesn't, yeah. None of it really matters. You know, like it matters to an extent of like, I care about my work and I'm passionate about what I'm doing, but like whether or not I get a job or whether or not a script gets made or whatever the thing is, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. Yeah. Also, no point. Yeah. yeah you realize in, your frustrations don't drive you any farther or no. that whatever you were trying to get doesn't get closer to you the more that you're pissed off at it. So no, and also, anytime that I have dated a comic, we never just talked about comedy. There was always something else. And we were always both very cool with just saying, listen, let's not talk about comedy for the next little while. Right. So, but Dave, you have great skin, Dave. Does anyone ever tell you that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy, yeah, the, the, the guy from uh, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I can, it glistens. Bro. You have nice glistening skin, Dave. Hey, this is comedian Arthur Simeon. You're listening to Anything Goes on XM Radio, Laugh Attack. <laughs> I think. My Ethernet clearly is not working. Okay. Wow. Well, it didn't drop out that much. It wasn't that bad. Good. It, yeah. I, it, you guys kept freezing on me. I couldn't hear half of it. Okay. So what, uh, Dave, you wanted to talk about something about a birthday, and then we got to wrap it? Oh, I was just, I was always just kind of curious. I mean, do you, like, I don't, I doubt Darren does, but Kathleen, do you, do you wish people happy birthday on Facebook? Only if I really know them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, if there's, or if there's somebody that like comments on my stuff and likes and supports my stuff, yeah. then I will. But if I don't know who they are, I don't. Or if I don't like talk to them ever, I don't usually. See, I, I give out a happy birthday to everybody, like no matter you know who they are, and it's a very generic birthday wish, like all the time. Yeah, right. And, very, uh, it makes you feel real special when you get a generic Dave Martin birthday wish. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I believe it's your I believe... birthday. Keep on, keep it on. What's your slogan? You always say. Uh, well, I, I believe in equality, so I believe and everybody equally should get the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a socialist and a communist, so that's how that works. So, um, oh yeah, so what? I mean, I've said many different uh, stock answers over the years, and I've changed them. But what I do now is I always say, um, "Hey there, heard it was your birthday. You still got it. Uh, cheers to you and all the best." And some people have asked me. Like, what, what do you mean by it? And then I got a message from someone recently uh, that said, um, uh, when you say it, if you're talking about my Parkinson's, uh, yes, I still do have it. <gasps> wow. And I was just like, As a serious thing, not a joke? Well, that's the thing that you can't tell if something's a joke in the written word or written form. So I didn't respond to it. And, uh, and then someone else underneath said, Dave Martin's generic birthday wishes are always perfect. And so it was like one of those weird things, but it's just sort of like, like how could Did someone- Did you put it on a dead person's wall once? 
Oh yeah, I've done that a couple of times. And Christina Walken <laughs> always corrected me. A couple of times. Yeah. A couple of times. A couple of times with the same person as well. What? It is still their birthday. They're just not alive anymore. Dave, you always get into trouble with your generic sayings. I remember a couple of years ago you got into like trouble good to with be you. here and I love you. Yeah. No, but but the one like you said, uh, I did this club and nobody got hurt, and that came back to bite you in the ass because oh, yeah, you were comics that had trouble at that club, and and they thought you were talking about them. Remember that horseshit? It's like yeah, I, I, don't worry, I'm not friends with her anymore on Facebook. She defriended me, uh, but it's, right. but yeah, it's just one of those things of just at the same time you want to be like, hey, don't take it personally, but why right. would someone take a birthday wish personally? Right. So I don't know. I don't. Uh, it, it's it's rather funny. <laughs> I, have, I have a quick question, and then and then we'll wrap it. So I have a theory that in every relationship, one person is the harder person to get along with than the other person. Like, there's always one person It's like, if someone broke up, or if they broke up, most people would be like, well, that person's the reason they broke it up. Like, so for example, with me, if me and Brandy broke up, for sure, everyone's going to be like, Darren fucked up, because Brandy's such a sweetheart. And so I know that I'm the tougher person in the relationship. And what about you guys? I'm. It's definitely me. I'm a pain in the ass today. Oh, 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 uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> uh, Look at Dave. Dave's actually thinking this through. That's why Dave cried and begged when I broke up with him. No, I'm what? Didn't cry. I think we both. <laughs> I think we both cried. You for different. You out of joy. Me out of what the fuck did I do? So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I would probably say that uh, that I would probably be the one that's most difficult to deal with. Yeah, I think that's true. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but I think, I wonder how much that is from being comics as well as, you know. I've always said dating a female comic is the dumbest thing a man can do because it's like being in a roast constantly. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know if that's always just female. I think, I think but, I like I roast Brandy all the time. Yeah. It must be, but like I've just like talked to other female comics about it. Like, yeah, right. she looks mean to my significant other. Yeah, but also it's sort of like they know that's a part of your job too. They know that. Oh they, yeah. Well, they shouldn't take it seriously. But if it's twenty-four hour, if it's twenty-four-seven, that it would be hard to be like, hey, come on, lay off. They're so proud, or save it for the stage. But yeah. I mean, I also do think that in every breakup, that you should hear both sides of why. Of course you do. Well, yeah. Yeah, of, of course, course I do. Yeah. What? Of course you do. You go through a breakup how many times a year? <laughs> well, yeah. But, anyway. Like there should be some law or something where it's like, okay, you get 24 hours to post stuff, she gets 24 hours to post stuff, and then people have to read both and then form their own opinion? Is that what you want? I think if it's on social nice. media, they should have to post what happened. Just because, like, I hate big book. Hmm? I hate big book. Oh, like, big. Yeah, 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 oh. yeah. Being vague, yeah. Yeah. Well, because I mean, but but I mean, but like you know that you're the hard one to deal with, and Kathleen knows that she's the she's the one with the issues to deal with, and I know that I am. But it, it never. There's always something that like, I mean, I think if someone was this perfect angel, and the, whoever has is hard to deal with would try to harder to keep it together, or unless they were looking for some reason to get out of it. But I just think it's it would be good to have both sides come out. Because then the other person is just walking around going like, oh, that's just a piece of shit. And, uh, oh, and, oh, but I had nothing to do with that. Cause... Well, I just so Kathleen knows, one of the reasons I bring this up is because 
when we talked to Bobby Mayer, so Bobby married a comic. I've never dated anyone in the business because I have to have that separation. And obviously, Dave has dated. And you're dating someone who's kind of in the restaurant business, but not a comic. Yeah. So we were talking about that. And that's why I brought this up. It's just like, I need separation. I could never date the business because then your whole life becomes comedy. Dave is the only comic I've ever dated. And I've never dated a comic since. Yay, I ruined it for everybody. 